And before we start the next episode of the Yalabad podcast, we just want to talk a little bit more about our project called Folklory, uh, which is where, you know, we interview loved ones that you select to create a podcast that captures their stories um, that can be listened to for eternity. And and why do we want to talk about this, Terence, before the podcast? I think the point is that, you know, we, we started Folklory because it's really about capturing memories and putting them in a time capsule for eternity, right? So it even came from what we felt Yalabad was, was for a lot of people. It helped people uh, capture their thoughts and their expressions and their feelings about a certain topic and, you know, keep it for posterity, you know? And, and that's what um, we felt everyone should do for a loved one or a friend that they care about, which is to actually help capture the memories of them uh, in audio form in something that they can revisit years down the road la, and really get a sense of who the person was la. yeah and, and I mean I just got married and, and it was in the lead up to the marriage or to the wedding when I, I wish that there was something of my dad who, who passed passed away to in, in 2013 there was more than just pictures and videos because my wife never met my dad mm. you know so so like given that we have recorded folklories for people you know like talking to 80 plus year olds for 30 minutes just capturing your life story I wish I had one of those of my dad mm. so that my wife or my kids in the future could, could get to know him yeah like, and it's not um, just basic like quips or recordings it's actually sitting down for a conversation right yeah and I think yeah. that's the, the the beautiful part of it like as we also do more folklories what we're realising is that um we don't do enough of, of that. Like, just talking to people and having long conversations about things and really understanding where they come from and what they do. So it's 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 been it's very eye-opening for us to see how well people have responded to even even just being a, a, a being interviewed about things, right? It's not necessarily gifting yeah. it to someone else, but just having a chance to talk through their feelings about things and or their, their own reflections on life. That's been really cathartic for everyone involved. Eh? Yeah, and, and it's not the most complex topics. Like, uh, I think anyone, like, even if you speak to your grandma or grandpa or parents, it can be the most ridiculous or seemingly trivial topic, like their favorite drink. But but it, it it's a memory, la. And mm. and and we've been so heartened by the ones that we've created. And if you you get one from us, if you're not familiar with the process, essentially what happens is you tell us who you want us to interview. Just share their contact details with them. We will reach out to them. We will schedule a recording. Uh, it'll be like a 30 minute phone call within 5 days we'll pass you the podcast and you don't have to do anything else and the file will be available for you to download and just keep for eternity mm. and we we have been running a sale that was meant to end by Christmas uh, which offers 25% off but but I mean we, we've seen more orders come in and we would like to extend it all the way till New Year's so if you use the promo code ho 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 25 that's h-o-h-o-h-o-25 at our website folklory.com or at the link in the description you can get 25% off mm. and we've extended it to midnight on 31st December 2022 mm. so we would love to create something epic for you guys and and yeah just hit us up if you would like to create something magical yeah that means it's not even for Christmas even for a gift next year you can lock in yes. you can lock in the folklory to be recorded for next year uh, but you can lock in uh, this special with this special discount discounted price as well right exactly you can use it anytime you want just just when you have the details of your loved one just send it to us and, and we'll done, do it for you ASAP yeah okay and now on to the podcast
Everybody, welcome to another episode of Yala. Your thrice weekly podcast where we talk about the hottest news with a touch of what, Terrence? Good old married man humor. <laughs> Good old married man humor. <laughs> that's what, that's oh, what it man. is now. This is the first ever edition of Yala Bart featuring two married men. Uh, yeah. Who are Harish and uh, Terence Lark? Because we've had two married men before. Uh, oh yes, yes, yes. yes. The, yeah. the first time in history that we are recording a podcast when both of us are married, dude. Mm. So is a how how does it uh, how does it feel being married now? Because I mean, this is the I think people haven't heard your 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 actual uh, married voice for like a couple of weeks already, like right? Yeah, yeah, correct, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. right. So how how does I mean, it, how do you feel? <laughs> oh, love it. I think now I feel quite finally can breathe a bit because mm. uh, the wedding was on 9th December. We mm. did go on a bit of a hiatus during which Terence held the fort um, mm. and mm. Uh, we released some pre-recorded episodes. But oh, this past month, uh, I think the the wedding was just a whirlwind. Uh, a mm. whirlwind. Mm. And would you believe it? Uh, mm. We didn't record anything during the time of the wedding, right? But mm. for the first time in my life, mm-hmm. uh, I lost my voice so bad. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That <laughs> it was true. fucking terrible. I lost it. Started losing it on six December, on seven December. By eight, yeah. it was pretty much gone. Mm. And by the ninth on the wedding, I was really just destroying my throat with every word. And yeah. it was so surreal because I, 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 lo- I couldn't speak as much as I wanted. Yeah, I think that's that's uh, that's uh, <laughs> God's way of telling you what you need to do for your marriage. Right? <laughs> yeah. Just talk less and listen <laughs> exactly. more. <laughs> exactly. And then my wife, oh, my wife, no, not my fiance anymore. Yeah. My yeah. wife, who is more quiet than me, yeah. Uh, yeah la, the joke was that, okay, on, on this day, the universe just made me talk less mm. so that my wife can talk more. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. yeah. I remember you called me, <laughs> but, the, I think, a day or two before your wedding, and <laughs> I thought you were crying, like you had been left at the altar or something because your voice just sounded so terrible. Yeah. yeah. I was like, hey, Terrence. Yeah. Hey, Terrence. When yeah. I was calling you for an XLR cable or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, uh, but overall, like, did you feel, did it match your expectations of what uh, your dream wedding would be? As I mean, your whole I, life I never had like a dream wedding or something. Um, I just mm-hmm. wanted it to be fun for us yeah. and for the people who came. Mm. And yeah, and, and everything went amazingly well. And mm. all the people who came, um, I know for a fact that many enjoyed themselves. Mm. Uh, I don't know whether everybody enjoyed themselves, but mm. most mostly enjoyed themselves, and it was just it was just a great day, la, the, you, the, the wedding. But so how I, do you feel about it being like knowing that that might have been the biggest party that you might throw in your entire life la, for yourself? Ah, uh, I mean, it, I mean, I, like my thoughts on weddings also have come a long way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yes, it is probably the biggest party that uh, I will throw for myself. Mm. Uh, that whole notion as much as I love talking right mm. and as much as you could argue that I do love attention to a certain extent <laughs> I found it so weird on the wedding everybody attending something that was for me and for my you. wife it felt very yeah, it feels I, I remember that feeling also like, during my wedding like it feels very self-indulgent almost right like yeah, all that's happening yeah, all that's happening is you two are just you're, like, you're just signing a piece of paper like essentially right <laughs> Yeah. And everything else is the same, but then suddenly everybody's out in suits and celebrating and everything. 
<laughs> yeah, and like people flying down, and I mean, I I really shout out to my friends and family who who flew down. I know one mm. of my cousins in in Hong Kong or slash Dubai listens to this, so shout out to you, bro. Mm, mm. Um, but yeah, everyone just coming down for for us. It felt very surreal, mm, and ultimately, mm. it, it it does add on pressure, like, And that has also made me think about another aspect of weddings. I think the the amount. I've I've always never understood the stress of weddings. Mm, you know, mm, I've never. Yep. Whenever people say they get stressed planning weddings, I'm like, how stressful can it be? But holy shit, man! Yeah. And it's not because of the wedding itself. It's because it's of the people involved. It's people, yeah. It's like, always people. I cannot. Yeah. yeah. If you ask me to go back like uh, three three months and tell my younger self, dude, it's gonna be it's gonna be ridiculously stressful and draining mm. and wonderful mm. at the same time. I'll be like, hey, just shut up. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. just a big event. You know, yeah. it's like a TV production. It's like a TV shoot. Mm. But, oh my God, dude. Um, yeah. But uh, I mean, all in all, it was still great. And there were a lot of people mm. that I was just so happy were there. Uh, mm. You and your wife were there. Mm. And mm. to all those listening, uh, Terrence gave an awesome toast uh, yeah. at the dinner reception. Yeah. Hey, yeah. What, yeah. Hey, can you can you fucking no, I step up your pedestal? Just to, I just I give a shout out to Yalabat and all the Yalabat listeners by starting the speech with a and welcome to another episode of and then, yeah that was it lah yeah no but I mean like this is something my wife and I agreed and and my family and all they said all the speeches were great but yeah Terence thanks for the speech mm-hmm. man no no uh, yeah, and I mean welcome. that in all sincerity you're welcome it was but, great uh, I I think also the. I guess the interesting thing for you is that you you all did it in a, in a I mean, smaller venue than just a hotel ballroom, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, uh, I was seated at a table with some people who, for them, they're, they're foreigners and it was their first time attending a Singapore wedding. So they were very unclear about a lot of the customs about, oh, you know, who do I give an ang pao to and, and things like that. Uh, and yeah, um, I also had to explain to them that this is, uh, you, yeah, this is not your conventional kind of like, you know, big banquet. Uh, Chinese kind of wedding and all. So there are certain things mm. that are quite special here that you'll probably only experience with this one time in Singapore. Lah. Yeah. So wow. uh, yeah. It, I think it generally provided quite a, uh, a lot of first times for a lot of people in the, in oh, the, awesome, in the wedding man. as well. Yeah. That's awesome. But I also wanted to make a point to myself to just mm. say that if anyone out there is planning a wedding or mm. and getting worried about why is there so much drama Mm. Aren't weddings supposed to be happy things? <laughs> I have come to accept that it is part and parcel of the process. Yeah. Um. And my wife also showed me this one post, but I can't remember some uh, woman in America who had her own wedding, and she said it said that no one talks about the uglier side of weddings. And I know mm. ugly is a very strong word, mm. but I think it is part and parcel of organizing an event that deals with so many people, all mm. many of whom are emotionally invested, lah. Mm. Um, and I think people, and, a lot of people project the the expectations of of you and 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 you as part of the family and all that uh, on yeah. the wedding itself, like right, like like yes, everything correct. that you thought, everything you thought that that they'll be chill about and and you know they wouldn't care that much about or you know they'll just be like okay, just let Harish and Steph have that day. Uh, yeah. Turns out actually, it, it, it means a lot to them, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, they also, like, I feel like they base entire judgments on that one day, mm. almost like negating everything else they know about you. Yeah. Which, yeah. Yeah. which, which is a very, it's a very surreal kind of thing, but I just wanted to say if anyone out there is planning a wedding or planning some massive family event and there's 
there's there's drama and all that. It is part and parcel of the process, lah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And everybody goes through it, whether or not they talk about it. I'm hundred percent sure that everybody goes through it. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody I think you've you've come to you've come to embrace it that it's not about your your wedding is not about you and your and your wife already, lah. Right. It's about I mean, a it's, much I larger, I, I, much larger I, thing, lah. Right. I would say it's a balance. I think it's about mm. the bride and the groom amidst everything else that matters to everyone attending. Yeah. I don't think it's mutually exclusive. It's this weird Venn diagram mm. where you've mm. got this sweet spot in the middle but so much shit can go wrong. Mm. And, and there I you almost go. think Harish weddings... Just, yeah. You've described marriage in, in generally <laughs> one, one diagram really, like, right? No, no, yeah. And I always think, you know, I'm, I'm in an interfaith marriage and we had to go through like a, a couple's uh, uh, preparatory course or an engaged mm. encounter or something. I almost mm. feel like the wedding, right? The point of weddings, of course, it's fun. You have a good time and all that. But it's to test your relationship. And if you mm. and your wife or you and your husband can come out of it not hating each other, mm. then okay, first test complete. First but the problem complete. is, the problem is this test, uh, you're married already like, after the test and then, then getting divorced is very <laughs> yeah, troublesome. Yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Which is quite interesting because this is all kind of related to the topic we're going to be talking about later. Like, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But but there was, I think going forward, there's going to be a lot less wedding talk. Like, so Of course. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking like, guys, I just want to listen to no, no, no. the Don't HDB worry. BTO issue. Trust trust the audience. Trust the audience. This yeah. Today is the 23rd of December. It's the end of the year. Everyone's chill. Everyone's just listening to yes. friends talking. They're not, they're not, yes. they're not like rushing for commute and, and all. So yeah, don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah, and, and I mean, like I do appreciate even the Yalabad listeners and people who listen to Yalabad, some of whom see me in public and are like, oh, good luck for your wedding. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> uh, thanks, man. Yeah. Thanks. So everyone yeah. who, who who send well wishes and all, yeah, much, yeah. much appreciated. Yeah, but, but oh, before we, we move on from this, also, I just wanted to give a shout out, big shout out to Rishi and Andy, Andy Chen, mm. Uh, mm. for, you know, stepping up to the plate in the last couple of weeks to guest host on Yalabad as well, so uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, those were we were just trying a thing where you know if if like let's say Harish and myself aren't around, like we get a guest host on board, and Rishi and Andy were the you know the two most generous uh, people who actually agreed to to this lah, and and turned out pretty well, turned out pretty well. I think a lot of people enjoyed the conversations. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, there's no way they're gonna replace me <laughs> ever. Okay. I already know Andy, especially he's he's got his crosshairs on me. I'm like, Andy, this is in your face, okay? You'll come back once in a while. Yeah, but I'm not yeah. going anywhere. Okay, Andy? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. 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 Don't, Thanks, worry, yeah don't worry. You but I, awesome. I think I think yeah, I think it's uh it was it was interesting like talking to them also, just being uh, catching up with them after, you know, the whole year and all that. So yeah. we hope and to get them uh on, on Yalabad as guests again sometime soon. Oh, that's for sure. Yeah. And one of the extracts from Andy's podcast also is hitting like 100k views <laughs> on TikTok, right? Yeah, yeah. It went pretty viral. Just talking about uh, differences between Taiwan and Singapore in terms of cost of living, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's and another crazy. Another thread that is relevant to our first topic. Yes, yes, yes. But and, anything uh, to plug? Anything to plug first? A quick plug? Uh, I mean, if anything, just... Yeah, we're back. Yalabad is back again to regular, <laughs> yeah, back. regular-ish programming. Given that it's the end of the year and all that, right? But regular-ish yeah. programming, where it's uh two guys doing yeah talking about comedy and stuff, uh, talking about news with a touch of comedy again. So yeah, if you yeah. like this, please do tell one other person about it. 
or leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast on Spotify or Apple Music or wherever. Yeah. Hell yes. That's cool. right. Okay. Cool, cool. Jumping to the first, okay. the first topic of the day. First topic. So, the first topic, like uh, what we alluded to, mm. has to do with uh, HDB and BTO flats in particular. La. Yeah. Um, because there was, um, <coughs> over like the past week, there was growing chatter uh, about seemingly vacant BTO flats in Singapore mm. being posted um, online for sale after their minimum occupancy period, which yeah. uh, uh, goes by the acronym MOP. Mm. And, and essentially... For the uninitiated, maybe you're listening, you're not the most familiar in Singapore for public housing, there is the BTO option, which is the build to order flats where you mm. put down, you bid for it and the HDB is built over the next few years. You get your keys and you have to stay, you have to occupy it for five years before you can sell it on the open market. Mm-hmm. The same goes for resale flats, which are flats that yeah. are already in existence. You buy, you have to stay in it for five years. What has been happening apparently is people are putting listings for these BTOs after the MOP, MOP period with pictures that kind of hint that it was never lived in. Mm. Like, mm. it has almost like the factory settings. There's no electrical outlets. There's no lights, mm. um, which kind of implies that, oh, people have bought it and not lived in it. Mm, mm, mm. Um, yeah. Which sounds on the surface like, okay, you're the homeowner, you can do what you want, but, but why has it caused such, such a buzz, Terence? Because of the MOP, minimum occupancy period, which is basically mm. a rule set by by HDB that if you buy, uh, yeah, if you buy a BTO flat, you have to occupy it and live in it, uh, for minimum of five years, like five year occupancy from the moment you, uh, collect your keys, and if there's any moment that you don't live in it, it's not counted either, like, right? So yeah, yeah. it's supposed to be a rule. Um, it's supposed to be a rule that such to prevent people from you know profiteering from uh, pu- publicly subsidized housing. Uh, that means if you have the means to stay in the you know somewhere else, a private housing or something like that, um, then you shouldn't be using the government grants and 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 subsidies to buy a public house and then to flip it later, five years later, uh, and to leave you know, uh, a very sought-after uh, public uh, public house uh, empty, such that another couple can't take it and use it, right? Because they are always yeah. oversubscribed at this, at this point, right? Yeah, especially for some of the more popular areas. And yeah. I mean, when we talk about profiteering, right? Profiteering, mm. I personally know some friends who got married early, mm. uh, they bought their first BTO maybe 2016. Mm. And by 2021, when they sold it, um, there was at least one or two I know who made a hundred percent profit. Mm, they sold it for double, they, uh, you think? Yeah, they bought it wow. at like three hundred plus. They sold it for sold it for six hundred plus wow. in Congo. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if you think about it, like which other kind of investment aside from okay, you talk about I don't know landed property or tech stocks and all, but mm. but it was almost quite common because if they sold it at six hundred. Mm. When these flats go expire their MOP, it's like an entire batch of flats mm. that go on the market. Yep, yep, you know? yep, yep. So for them to be able to sell it for 600 or even high 500 plus means that they're probably, it's not the lowest by far, it's, it's maybe the average price. Yeah. So so at first when, when I saw this topic, I'm like, yeah, but I mean, it's ultimately up to them to live in and all. But then, I mean, I got my resale flat last year, uh, no, mm. a mm. year and a half ago. 
And I'm lucky that I got it before they went on this insane upward trend of uh, rising costs. Like, and now mm. BTOs, resale, they're all, they're all expensive, you know? Mm. And when you hear situations like this, it's almost like, well, uh, then then they must have been living somewhere else, which means they have the means to live somewhere else. Like. Yeah. Right? And I think the, the other surprising thing is that, you know, now, now that, that it's out in the media and the media is covering it all, because I'm sure... This is not the first time this has happened, right? I'm sure yeah. there have been occasions like this before, but now that they're being covered, uh, you know, in the media, and then uh, there's, I mean, all these hot topics of inflation, rising costs, the crazy cost of uh, housing in Singapore and all that, all these debates going on in parliament and, and in the social social media space and all. Uh, even HDB has had to come forward and 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 basically say that they are they are, they will look into taking action against these these so called errant homeowners lah right so yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah i mean there there's a lot of things that hgb they can do i think they can confiscate if i'm not wrong they can confiscate the 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 flat uh, below the value that it was bought at and and various measures like that lah but actually like like where before we jump all that like um how did how did it, how did how did we get so many details that the homeowner actually was was living at his parents' place and all that? Uh? uh I mean, I think it all started when when people were highlighting listings on Property Guru mm, mm. that you know like show the pictures uh of the flat. Yeah. And it really looks like nothing has been done. Yeah. Because when you buy a BTO, I think you can choose like the basic flooring mm. or something like that. Mm. But and you can't change the windows and all. Mm. <coughs> but like even like no electricity or PowerPoints <laughs> there, like, you know? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. they advertise it as good as being a new owner yeah. or or like brand uh, new in brand box. new unit. <laughs> <laughs> brand new brand new unit with no extension required, completed in twenty eighteen. So so about the details of, of where the people live and all, because there have been cases. Apparently, mm. between 2017 and 2022, HDB did publicly say that it has taken the same enforcement actions that you uh, mentioned just now mm-hmm. uh, in 53 cases. Mm, yeah. And 21 cases, the flats were compulsorily acquired, which yeah. just means that HDB acquires the flat um, there might be fines imposed on the owners, mm. and the flat is put up for sale as a sale as a ba- uh, sale of ba- balance of flats, mm. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. So, so they do, and I mean, I have heard H- that HDB is quite stringent about this because mm. I've had friends who uh get go overseas for overseas postings or something, yeah, and they do need to apply or let HDB know because then the MOP is extended, Hmm. I see. I see, I see. Yeah, and then yeah. I think also in this case, if I'm not wrong, the Straits Times also reached out to the property agent. And the mm, property mm. agent, maybe, I don't know, maybe they were posing as, as interested buyers or something. Mm. And the property agent, yeah. the property agent basically pouted his his clients, uh, you know, talking about how they yeah, they got married and then decided they were, I think what it, the story was that the family business was doing, suddenly was doing very well. Decided to buy a landed, yeah. Decided to buy a landed <laughs> property and everybody moved into that landed property, leaving the HDB vacant. La. So, yeah. I, mean, I mean, I'm really happy for the family, but they just basically got pouted by the, by the property agent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, correct. No, but, but I mean, like, um, uh, apparently, it was a lot more stringent in the 80s and 90s. Mm. And when I say mm. apparently, it's just based on whatever forums and all I could find online mm. where they took a, a more active, like doing spot checks on 
recently launched BTOs that are empty. Yeah. yeah. Um, and even asking the neighbors. Mm, so mm, mm. in this case, I guess the rules are there. But but when you saw these articles, were you like were you were you surprised that this is happening? Or like what 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 was running through your mind when you found out about this recent trend? No, I mean I'm not I'm yeah, not surprised that this has been going on. Uh, I guess the only thing I, I is interesting now is that uh, because I, I think everyone is taking an interest in the discussion about the, the cost of living in Singapore, right? And so mm. this is literally, you know, being debated in parliament in the next sitting as well about BTO prices, you know, and the, and the difficulty of getting BTOs, right? Um, yeah. So, I mean, it, it really shows you that, yeah, social media can amplify a lot of these, uh, a lot of these issues that that people on the ground are facing, like, But but uh, it's, but yeah, maybe it's just. I think uh, the situation is coming to a point where people are so sick and tired of this BTO shortage and 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 the inability to get a roof over their heads as a as a newly married couple. That that's why it's it's boiling boiling over at this point, huh? And that's yeah, why it's, it's causing such outrage and and it's worth talking about. Because the context just on a very high macro level over the past few years since COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, when COVID happened, a lot of the BTOs that were due to be completed in maybe the next one, two or three years mm. got pushed back, right? To yeah. four, five, even six years. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So if you, I mean, like one very Singaporean thing is the BTO proposal, right? Yeah. You know, where, and this one, I got, I got friends. I got friends who I think listen to this podcast also. They told me that they didn't even have the proposal thing come up. They started applying for BTO first. Yeah. And yeah. then the ring was like, like maybe level stage two, stage three. Like the first yeah. thing was submit an application because it'll take some time before you can apply. Then you get mm. the bid. Then you have mm. to wait like four or five years. I've had, uh, I know a couple of friends who, Signed up for BTO, like four years later, got the BTO, got the keys, but then decided not to go go through with the marriage and mm. lost the deposit. Mm. So it's a very, I don't know how many other countries have this process, mm. but but at the start of COVID, when this happened and everything got pushed back, you can imagine uh, as a young couple, uh, maybe you've been waiting, uh, you know, you got one or two years left, then suddenly fuck, four more years. Yeah. yeah. It's a long ass time. Yeah. Uh, right. So then uh, a lot of people started looking for resale flats. Mm. Uh, which is which caused the resale flat flat prices to go up, la. Then there was yeah. a lot of pressure on the government to speed up the BTO uh construction and all, but COVID didn't help. And now just the housing situation in Singapore to buy it's especially for public housing is is the prices are high, yeah. Then now the rents also are going up, and there's so many mm. cases of people getting like having their rents go like from like having 50, 60, 70 percent increases from last mm. year to the next year, la. Mm-hmm. So but just in the have, yeah, because you you uh you know you were when you were looking for a place to buy and all that did um did it, you ever come across postings like this when there was like units that were just completely bare and unfurnished and everything? Uh no no mm. because I think I was quite set on getting a resale la. I mm. didn't want to wait. Okay okay. Um, I would rather get a smaller resale place than a mm. bigger BTO place. Because I didn't want to wait like four years, lah, four years got or five it. years. Got it, got it. Yeah, so so I was lucky that I got it that time. So at the most of the places I was looking at was resale. So confirmed mm. lived in, lah. Actually, no, no, mm. there were some that just went off MOP 
that we were looking, but I didn't come across anything that looked like, hey, shit, this is stock standard, man, like factory <laughs> settings. Are, uh, default, default Yeah, I didn't come settings. across. I didn't but, come across. I didn't come okay, across. Okay, then, then the next question is, I guess like, uh, I mean, if, if people are partaking, I mean, it is their entitlement as a Singapore citizen to, you know, uh, partake in the country's success, like contribute and partake yeah. in the country's success, right? Like, yeah. And then I, I I actually don't, I mean, some people are like, oh, but their parents are rich, they can live in landed property and all that, then they shouldn't be given these subsidies. I actually think that argument is a, it's a bit unfair, lah, right? You know, because uh, you're, you're just, then you just have to start looking to people's family history and all that, whether they're entitled to all these things, lah. Uh, so so right now the measure the 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 main yardstick for measuring where someone's eligible for to buy a HGB is their the monthly income la, right? You don't think mm. about all oh, their family the family background and things like that. You think more about what what's their current uh, earning monthly earning income. monthly income la, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so what is philosophically the problem? What what is the problem with people wanting to make profit from their from the HGB that they you know they worked hard they bought. Uh, they they made use of whatever was available in terms of subsidies to them as a couple, a young couple, and and then they flipped it and partook in Singapore's prosperity as a rising global uh global market for for foreign talent and everything like right. What is so bad yeah. about what they're doing then? So that's where it does get a bit grey like, Even mm. even uh for me, but I think. Like based on what I've seen online and based on some of the current debates that are going on in parliament, actually, mm. uh, some going on on Facebook also, like, between Liang yeah. Manwai and Simen. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which has now culminated in PSP, which is the party that Liang Manwai is from, uh, from uh, committing to filing a motion so that it can be mm. debated in parliament. parliament yeah. Um, and one big thing that they were debating was about how how public housing should be, should be viewed like, in the mm, sense mm. that is it, is it, is it, should it be seen as like a, how you say, a, uh, almost like an, like an asset that, that works on the open market that, you know, mm. like supply, demand and uh, the market determines the price or whether it should be seen as a public good, la, like, mm, a, mm. like the public transport or, mm. or, or something like that. And that's where I think maybe the philosophical debate comes up a bit more la, because mm. if it's public housing, if it's meant to cater to, I don't know, right now it's like 80% of the population live in public housing. Mm. Um, the, it, it, should it be be just based on market forces? Mm-hmm. Or should there be a more active role by the government in keeping the cost low? Which is what uh, the PAP says the government does do, Yeah. Uh, even though there's a lot of pushback. So so I think that's where the, the fact that it's meant to be a public good, mm. uh, public infrastructure. So if people are profiteering from it, feels like there's a conflict there. La. Yeah. I mean, to, to to add to that, I would suppose that in this case, it's a bit more clear-cut also because it looks like the, the homeowners are circumventing the rules a bit, la, right? Uh, mm. About the minimum occupancy period. It's not it's not about just collecting the keys and, and leaving it sitting there. It's literally you, you're supposed to be occupying the space, la, right? And living in it la, and not renting it out, la, right? So they didn't yeah. rent it out, but they're not living in it. That means on the NRIC, on the identification card, there's a, the address is listed as that empty HDB flat. La. But they're actually yeah. physically sleeping and eating and living in another place. La. 
which that's where I think, uh, you know, it, just, not just in terms of breaking the law in terms of the HGB in the minimum occupancy period, but but you're living in a place that is different from the residence stated on your identification, right? So that yeah. itself is another offense like, that, that, that might even need to that, be looked is into. It, is, that, is that an offense? Is that an offense? Um, to live... You, know, you mean you're talking about to live in a place that is different from your listed residence on your NRC? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I think it is. Like, like you, you've but got I mean, to be able to... Uh, yeah, you, you have to be able to be found if someone... The authorities are looking for you, right? Or trying to reach you. So I, I don't know whether it's an offense, but it's also something that feels can be circumvented a lot. Right? Like, oh, I'm mm. gonna stay with family or something. I think it, I think yeah. that's where that's where mm. it gets tricky, lah. Because I mean, on one side argument, I can kind of see it is if they own it, mm. they can do whatever they want, what. Um, mm, mm, mm. But but the 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 thing is, MO the HDB has very clear rules about MOP and occupancy, mm, 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 But mm. if that's the case then how come they are not enforcing it? And as mm. someone pointed out on, on Reddit, I believe that if the HDB really wanted to enforce, you can kind of monitor the utility bills, right? Mm, yeah. Right. You could, you could, um, yeah. You could, lah. So then I'm like, okay, of course, then it becomes a whole thing, like how invasive do you want the huh? government to be? Lah? Like, hey, fuck, they know, how come you, you use more water this month than last month? You're not showering enough, is it? <laughs> yeah. uh, or, or some shit like that, lah. Yeah. But then, then it becomes like, if you want to enforce it, uh, should you go all the way? Because, yeah. of course, with the, the tinfoil hat on, uh, one section yeah. of the internet pointed out that, you know, now with the narrative of like a lot of blame being put on the government for pushing up the cost of mm. government housing, right? Public mm. housing. This in some way kind of deflects it to, to the owners, lah, you know? Yeah. And yeah. to these unscrupulous actions by homeowners, lah, which... Which made me also think, like, huh? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know how true that is, but it was something to think about, like. Yeah. But I mean, to 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 your point about the using the utilities to check, I think I mean aside from the privacy issues, like, right? Because that that's something to be debated. But I to, I totally think that's doable, right? Like it's not. It's totally it's, doable. It's not yeah, like those. Why. It's not like those days when you need someone to physically come down and check the meter and then, and then charge you accordingly, because I mean, literally every time I forget my bill to pay my bill for, for utilities, I straight away like get a ton of emails and a ton of like text messages and on my so I know that there are a lot of systems in place to to tell you how much how much gas you're using and they're tracking it with every detail of it so closely. So I'm sure and they, if they needed to track it for HDB, that could be easily be arranged for that, right? And they even compare you to your neighbors and all, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they give you data. like it's making like a competition <laughs> to gamify your your usage of power. <laughs> like, oh, in your estate, you're using more water than ninety percent of your neighbors. Maybe it's something for you to think about, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they should have a message. Hey, you know, you don't seem to be using your power much these days. Maybe the police need to come and do a spot check on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because like what you said, yeah. When I when I'm late on my bill, so I get a SMS notification, I get email. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I get a letter. Yeah. I get a notification through the app. Then, yeah. like, guys, okay, I know. I get it. I know. <laughs> I get it. So I know. Don't, I know. Yeah. <laughs> don't let anyone tell you that it's not physically possible to do it because it is. It absolutely is. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. So, so that's where it feels like. Hmm. Mm. Uh, I mean, I, I think it's still a, a good thing that these sort of things are being highlighted because. Mm. People will always game the system, right? Yeah. But if it's yeah. a system that where you really need to minimize the the gamification, 
there needs to be measures put in place, la. And mm. and I remember when we were looking for a place, it was a it took a it took a long time, man, to find something that that fit mm. what we could afford and what we needed yeah. and what we were hoping. And so if you if you if things, yeah if one of your friends happened to be in this situation, he was like the person who posted this thing, la, Right? What would you say to your friend? Oh, Lauri, that one. <laughs> I have been in the position where I try and exert my moral authority on my friends <laughs> or maybe family members before uh, to not much avail. Like, to not much mm, avail. Mm. Just call police. Like, just, call police. <laughs> <laughs> just call police. Just call police. Save yourself the trouble. Yeah. Because, I mean, okay, so there are certain circumstances where people need mm. to sell it. Uh, and I know mm, HDP mm. also does this case-by-case evaluation. Let's say if there's a death or mm. a divorce or some irreconcilable difference that that, that there's mm. almost no more mm. choice but to sell it. They do they yep. do allow that. Yeah. Same with like renting out. And, and even when it comes to renting, you can't rent out your whole flat. Mm. But you can rent out a room or two. And yep. I know people that have stayed in houses where the owner just locks one door, but the owner mm. doesn't live there. Mm. Yeah, that's right. You know, so it's circumventing the rule, mm. but it allows people to rent like it provides more options on the rental market yeah. so so it's very oh it's very it's a very uh it's not a simple matter like it's not a simple mm. matter yeah i think i think the i mean on paper it looks like yeah you, you're doing wrong but every time you when you know people and you talk to them you know their circumstances or the reasons why they're doing it like right very rarely i find that it's like oh it's purely because i just want to make a profit from 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 the whole thing or so like you know there's always some other uh, discussion or some some broader family issue as well, like, right? That, that yeah, puts them yeah. in position. I'm not not absolving them entirely of the responsibility or the blame for for doing something that's not right. But I'm just saying that it gets a bit trickier when when you kind of know their personal situations and all that. So yeah. yeah, don't don't be that guy at the dinner table to like suddenly start scolding everybody and and for <laughs> being <laughs> being capitalist and all that. I'm just saying that try to understand the situation a bit more before you before you go all out and accuse them and 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 ruin the dinner party yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but I mean like the fact that that is being highlighted now is a good thing and mm. and I mean mm. I was just looking like for the agents to post it on Property Guru mm. uh, with almost no awareness that okay this could get them in trouble also to mm. me means that it's not policed enough, lah. Mm, yeah, yeah. Right. Like you would do something so flippantly only if you know the consequences. The risk is mm. very low. Eh? Mm, that's so, true. So, yeah. so maybe something needs to change, lah. So maybe that's where the, the 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 problem also comes down to our our society is just looks at uh, you know uh, profiteering is like the number one priority, lah. Right. Where is you know people are they they almost. Uh, like like what you said, like property agent, he just so carelessly just posts this online without realizing it could get his client in, in trouble. And and they do it because, yeah, the the I mean the possibility of getting a big profit from it is much more worth it than the risk of, of uh getting in trouble, right? And yeah, that's the kind of yeah. society that, that we we've sort of bred like this whole um I mean this I'm not saying uh Capitalism is is inherently bad or anything, but maybe just too too much of a too much of a dependence on on money as a and as a social indicator of your status and everything. Oh. So, bro, I just I yeah. just came out of an Indian wedding. <laughs> I, that could not have been clearer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's just yeah, it's just um, a raw set lah, sad situation. 
that 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 we are, we're we're kind of caught in right now. And I think rather than just motherhood statements of like, oh, we're monitoring the situation, I think something needs to be done to to you know get get people you know make people have confidence that HDB is is doing the doing the right things and all again, lah, right? Yeah, because I mean, there will always be people to who want to game the system, and mm. they will never stop. Uh, yeah. but if they the gaming is something that is really not what we want, then yeah, the measures need to be equally robust, lah. Yeah, yeah, correct. Wow. But 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 yeah, I mean, if if the number fifty three cases from twenty seventeen to twenty twenty two is is an indication, it's still a very it's a fraction of the number of actual BTOs or, mm. or resale transactions that happen, lah. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe there's a lot more that slip under the radar, but but I, I I'm I'm glad that this is being discussed everywhere, la, uh, yeah. In WhatsApp groups, on Facebook, in Parliament, so yeah. we can just join the join join join, join the, the ride, chorus. man. Yeah, but join yes, it's a it's a yes heavy topic to talk about towards the end of the year. But uh, mm. we now have something a bit more lighthearted. That is, mm. uh, you know, also but also something that has riled up a lot of people, la, Right. But but mm. not just in Singapore, all over the world, and it's to do with one of uh, the internet's most uh, I mean one of the historically one of the more interesting memes that ever came out from the internet, like, right? Or Instagram or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct, and correct. what? Who is this person, and what did he do? Um, he he is a known known. His name is uh, Nusret Gokse. Uh, mm. I think that's how you pronounce it, which yeah. might not ring a bell. But something that I know will confirm ring a bell to the more internet inclined is Salt mm. Bay. Yes, Salt the guy Bay who got himself. famous for salting meats uh, by you know like letting salts uh, speckles fall off his elbow and into food lah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he's got slick black hair in a tie and a ponytail, wears sunglasses, good looking mm. guy. Mm. Um, and when he first came out, I think well maybe a few years ago, it started off as a meme, but then. Uh, it became known that he's actually a quite a acclaimed restauranteur, restauranter mm. who mm. who owns a few swanky restaurants, and he's only like thirty seven, no, mm, or thirty nine, yeah. thirty nine, wow. correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He owns a chain of luxury restaurants around the world, and but more recently he made the news because when Argentina won the World Cup, mm. um, uh, and they were celebrating, and the team was celebrating on the pitch, you know, carrying the trophy, and all the players were carrying the trophy. Suddenly, pictures emerged of Salt Bay <laughs> in his grey suit and sunglasses and slick hair holding the trophy. Yeah, yeah. And not just and holding the trophy. I think there were videos of him um, going up to players like Messi, grabbing them by the arm and like, you know, almost like trying to trying to persuade or force them to take a selfie together with him. Uh, and then there were also other videos of him like literally like almost trying to grab the trophy from the Argentinian players or their families and just so that he could hold it and kiss the trophy himself, like, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So so when when did you when did you first first see this? Uh? I think like the day or two after the World Cup after the World Cup final itself. Uh then this this I think yeah they started they started a post about Salt Bay, you know, riling people up on the internet. Um and then I went to check out his his Instagram and all and and yeah they were all there basically in the lead up to the yeah the World Cup final he had already been entertaining a lot of uh footballers and guests celebrity guests at his restaurants and uh yeah but for him to suddenly appear on the pitch 
and uh, the World Cup final was uh, quite quite a shocker la. but I mean the, the photo also the photo of him holding the World Cup and kissing it and all also was very popular on Instagram a lot of likes a yeah. lot of uh, you know uh, supportive comments but uh, yeah there, there was a, there's been a backlash against against him being there la. but what, what, where did this backlash come from uh? um, because it is actually a FIFA rule you know mm. that the the trophy can mm. can only kind of be uh, is it like FIFA describes it as a priceless icon, and a, mm. and apparently it can only be held by the tournament winners and the mm. likes of FIFA officials and heads of state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So no one else can hold it. And if you watch any FIFA presentation ceremony or something, the only people who ever touch it right mm. from the start end or finish are people who are either yeah like winners, officials, or heads of state. Yeah. So yeah. when this guy appears, at first when I saw the picture, I was like, okay, that has to be a replica. But no, man. <laughs> There are pictures of him next to Messi, next to uh, Lisandro Martinez, next yeah. to Angel Di Maria. Mm-mm. And it's, I don't know, man. It's just fucking cringe. Yeah. Uh, it's cringe to the max. And uh, I mean, if you go on his Instagram, even from a few years ago, like what you said, uh, he's been, uh, a, f- a few weeks ago, he's been hosting even the FIFA president and all because mm. he has restaurants in the Middle East. Mm. But ever since a few years ago, he's had footballers come to his restaurant, Lewandowski, Ronaldo, Messi, all come before lah. Mm, 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 um, yeah. But you know his latest post, which yeah. he posted two days ago. Yeah. I don't know if you saw it, because mm. there's like six posts of him with the Argentinians and him holding the trophy. Then the latest yeah. post is Messi at his restaurant. Yeah, yeah. But apparently, I did, I did. But apparently, that is yeah. from that was from before the World Cup. I don't know, like apparently last year, twenty eighteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Some years ago, dude. So yeah, <laughs> a lot of people in the comments were flaming him for like trying to bring this up as to justify why you're being such a jerk on the pitch. But actually, was he really... I mean, okay, aside from the FIFA rules, because we, we all know FIFA FIFA had bends, bends its will wheel according to money and everything also. Yeah, right? It's yeah, a yeah. well-documented fact that FIFA isn't the most ethical organization either, right? Um, yeah. But aside from the rules, like what is what is such a big turnoff about this this him being there on the picture. Like he's there, he's still there to celebrate with with some people he maybe he knows better, some that he doesn't know so well. I mean he's just there, you know, in a celebratory mood. Like it's like you attend uh let's say, yeah, like someone's birthday party. You didn't like maybe you attend like uh some celebrity's birthday party or you happen to be at a club and then and then you you see the celebrity and then you're like, hey, let's you just cheers them a drink or take a selfie with them or something. What is so bad about this what he's done that that is pissing people off? Like? I think because, uh, I mean, he seems like like his relationship with the Argentinian team is not that clear. Mm, he's not mm. even from Argentina. Mm. And suddenly he's popping up and not even discreetly just being there soaking up the, the ambiance. Mm. He's just taking the trophy <laughs> and holding it and yeah. caressing it and kissing it, which feels like, a bit like, hey, just just calm the fuck down, like keep your hands in your pants, man. Yeah, yeah. And at one point he's even like 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 grabbing it from one of the player's kids, right? Who was wanting to yeah, touch yeah, the word. Correct, correct. And then the video scenes, he tells the kid, No, you this is you, this is mine. You know, like 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 almost like it's a play thing. And I think that's what uh is pissing people off, like that that yeah, like, he's sort of uh barging in on this like I mean it's a it's a very momentous occasion for the players involved and their families and all these things and he's coming in like you know and just trying to make it about himself like holding the trophy kissing it and and as if 
he had any part to play in the in the team making but, it there, like, right? But suddenly, what if his restaurant supplies the meats to the Argentinian national team or something? Yeah, and and sticks, Argentinian sticks are such such an important thing, right? I don't know, man. There's the question. So, but the FIFA themselves have have released a statement saying that he wasn't supposed to be there, and they are investigating and taking in appropriate internal action as to how he's there. La. But like you said, he has been photographed or, or you know appeared in on social media posts with the president of FIFA himself, la, right? So mm. I'm just thinking, mm. like, is this just a, own, a case of own self, check own self? La? Like, he was probably maybe maybe invited on the pitch by the FIFA president himself, who, and then now that he's made a, such a clown of the whole situation, they have to pretend to be investigating the situation, la. And hope, and hope or maybe the FIFA president said, "Oh, you know, bro, we who knows? Maybe we can see you on the pitch. You know, like yeah. oh, it's just a joke kind of thing." Then this yeah, guy's yeah. like, "All right, all right, that's an invite." <laughs> because I'm someone fucking be there. Yeah, people have been pointed out that there were a lot of other big stars present at the World Cup final. Uh, not not even heads of states. Uh, like I think Novak Djokovic, one of the greatest men's tennis players of all time. Uh, David Beckham was there as well. You know, Elon uh, Musk. Was Elon there. Musk was there. But none of them invaded the pitch and, you know, tried to take from the glory of the players by holding the trophy themselves, right? So, yeah. uh, it was just, uh, I think it's just, yeah, maybe it's just, it's just that it was such a, obviously a self-promoting move that he did, right? For the photos and, and the way that he was pulling Messi aside, it was very clear that Messi didn't want to, like, talk to him or, or engage with him. Messi had, he, I mean, Messi is basically like a god in Argentina now, right? And and he yeah. was just celebrating the moment with his teammates and everything. And this guy just keeps trying to pull Messi, like literally pulling his arm, like trying to get him to take a photo together to shake his hand and everything. So it's just such a turn off for, uh, for anyone to see it, like, right? And, and you wonder how the hell did this person get allowed to the picture? And then, well, then, I mean, then maybe it goes back to the whole, you know, a lot of people are just talking about how the World Cup in Qatar, the whole thing. How the hell did it even happen that the World Cup is held in Qatar and all? Uh, this just this is just the the icing on the cake uh, of of all that, uh, right? Yeah, and I mean, like, uh, it's not the first time a celebrity got backlash for touching uh, or mm. taking pictures with the World Cup. Uh. Yeah, you know who else? Who else? I remember. I think it was in Germany, right? When the Germans won the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, correct. It was Rihanna. <laughs> yes. Of all people. Right. But that was there was still an after party, you know. She was mm-hmm. at an after party and she yeah. took a picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's right. Literally this one article I'm reading from back there, it says the same thing, la. like FIFA uh has stated that only previous winners and heads of states and FIFA officials can hold a World Cup. Then mm. fucking like have how is it so easy for Salt Bay and of all people Salt Bay to get access to it and he's yeah. he's lapping it up like you know he's yeah. taken so many pictures probably people who have never heard of him now know of him so for him yeah. it's a win it's a total win but maybe maybe they're like oh you know Salt Bay, he's got 50 million followers on Instagram like maybe he could help promote promote this uh, event as well by being on a pitch dude, after the after fucking the world. promote the World Cup the final I think was watched by 4 billion people <laughs> you don't need no tiny 50 million influencer to to promote anything mar- yeah. marketing campaign we're like hey shit we need we need to increase awareness of the FIFA World Cup uh. yeah, yeah yeah yeah. we need to increase awareness I think the other part the other part people didn't like also was him doing his whole that, that salt that yeah. salt thing on the World Cup like, as if it was like uh yeah, like, like his, his own little play thing to, to do. Uh, like, because the, the World Cup is like, it's such a coveted 
trophy, right? Like, do you see the the photo of like millions of people filling the streets of Buenos Aires uh, yeah. in, in yeah. Argentina, just celebrating, and then it's just like, wow, it's it's such a huge thing for the whole country, and then to see this Salt Bay influencer dude just come and do all those funny things, the trophy is just like just turns people off, lah, right? And like you, you, you even see the World Cup presentation ceremony. The mm. losing team, the way they walk past the World Cup trophy, yeah. that they that they came so close to to touching, mm. they mm. themselves don't touch it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's almost yeah. it, it is a very iconic thing, and so that's why also I'm thinking. But is it one of those things that we are just holding on to traditions too much? It's mm. a trophy. What's wrong? What's wrong? You people, people win trophy, people win Oscar. Other people can touch it also. Right? You see people mm. partying with the Oscars, yeah. uh, the the statue uh, after they win one. Yeah, but I, I think the reverence that people have for for the World Cup and football and how football is is represents so much for a lot of people, uh, right? Uh, uh, I think that's where it kind of turns people off. Plus the fact that you know um, this is a celebrity chef, uh, right? Who charges yeah. I don't know what five hundred dollars a steak or something like that, and and just basically overpriced. Uh, and what I've heard is not so not so nice tasting steaks, like, right? And mm. for him to be able to get onto the pitch to celebrate in a place when there are probably a, a few hundred, if not thousands, more people more deserving than him to be celebrating alongside the Argentinian team, like, right? Uh, who contributed in some way or form to the to the to the the effort to win the World Cup. The fact that he can yes, be on the pitch yeah. at the moment just kind of it just kind of you know tells you about the whole you know money rules the. Uh, Money rules football, money rules FIFA thing that that just is such has been such a huge turnoff for a lot of people when it comes to talking about FIFA and its corruption scandals and everything, like, right? So, so, so so this is just like the the icing on the cake, like as I mentioned. Yeah. So then Terrence, if like let's say we make a film that wins the Oscar award for best film, yeah. and then we are there on stage accepting the award, then suddenly Rishi comes in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can one I finger, one it. finger, can one finger you can yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's fucking just hugging it, you know, just yeah. hugging it, kissing it, you know, like just caressing it, uh, uh, and and taking pictures and filling his social media. How will you feel? Yeah. No, I mean, uh, yeah, I'll let I'll let social media do the do the work for me. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's just uh, people uh, behaving inappropriately at the inappropriate times, uh, right? People behaving inappropriately. Just yeah, but, just rubbing rubbing salt into no, actually no, that doesn't work. That's not really a wound, oh, right? Yeah, it's a happy salt, occasion. Yeah. Yeah. Wrong, yeah, wrong, wrong, yeah, yeah, wrong. He it's literally rubs salt into the wound. No, but yeah, for yeah, him, yeah. right, it's almost a genius thing for him to do. Mm-hmm. I think his following has gone up by a few million followers, no? But after yeah, this, but yeah, so so I I guess that's the thing, lah. Right, it's like you can go and streak in the World Cup final, right? And you and, get famous, dude. Yeah, you become famous and yeah, like, your following on social media will increase. Like. But yeah. is that the kind of thing that we want to promote for, for you know, the World Cup and everything, like, right? Is that the angle that you want where a random celebrity just walks into the pitch and starts grabbing the trophy and kissing it and, and dude, all that? Dude, it's a dog-eat-dog world, man. Just like yeah. BTOs. Exactly. Right? People will game the system. That's why, that's, why game the system. that's why it's that's why it's left such a bad taste in everyone's mouth and even HDB is doing some something about it. So I think FIFA also needs to do something about it. That's the that's the FIFA, thing. <laughs> FIFA, FIFA, FIFA. FIFA, yeah. FIFA. Salt Bay FIFA, in the World Cup. Salt Bay. Um, yeah. But I mean, like like it's just it's just an annoying thing because the World Cup final you watch the final? Yeah, of course, of course, yeah. 
holy shit, man. Yeah, it was a pretty amazing and, final. Yeah. And I will say, I will say, I think my thoughts on the GOAT. Solidified already. It's, uh, it's really, cannot say anything. Indisputable, say anything. yeah. I mean, though, just it's, the way he, he carried himself throughout the whole uh, tournament as well. I mean, he, I think he, he was the first player to ever score in every match in the knockout through the knockout phases every, of the World every, Cup. Every stage of the World Cup. Every stage of the World Cup. So every stage, stage, yeah, yeah. Every round stage. of 16, yeah. quarterfinals, semifinals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and the first person to do that, yeah. And I think he has had the most appearances in World Cup. He's mm. scored the most goals for Argentina. He's had the most assists. He's played in five World Cups. And But I guess the the sad thing is, I mean, I'm a, I'm, I'm still a Ronaldo fan, la, but mm. the mm. contrast, right? Yeah. It could not have been more white, no? Mm. Mm. and that is what I find fucking sad la. for mm. all of Ronaldo's shenanigans that, that 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 clip of him you know like walking off and just mm. sobbing crying yeah then other other actually Messi wins and he's like God already yeah yeah. Wow. No, I, yeah I think it's uh, no, there's no debate already la, right I think uh, yeah. the fact that he at his age and he's still leading the team to the to the World Cup Tells you a lot about uh, how he's evolved as a, a player, like, right? Um, yeah. I, I, think, I, mean, I think, uh, I think, mean, just an aside, uh, a lot of people are just talking about how uh, even the coach, the Argentinian coach, he's only forty-four years old. You know, he's yeah, he's, he's not he's not very old, but he's managed to find a way to to really work around the strengths and weaknesses of of Messi, like, right? And then one of the weaknesses was that he mentally is not as tough and strong as someone like let's say a Ronaldo, right? You know Ronaldo, yeah. who really fights and fights to the death, but but Messi is like you can see a couple of goals, and that's why sometimes like you've seen his teams like in really one sided uh, trashings, like being thrashed really one in one sided fashion. That is very uh, how you're thinking. Like, how can this happen to a team led by Lionel Messi? But it, it has happened, uh, and yeah, the coach happened. has managed to build around the 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 strengths and weaknesses of Messi uh, to allow him to really shine uh, in the last few years, uh, right? Yeah, and like. Yeah, like contrast that with Portugal. And I mean, like, you you can argue that the Argentinian mm. team does, it's built around Messi. Yeah. Which, you know, I can imagine some people saying, yeah, but if the Portugal team was built around Ronaldo, he'll do as well. But I guess that's something about Messi la, that, that justifies the coach or the team playing around him. And yeah, la, it's, it's, I mean, this World Cup has been insane because there's Ronaldo versus Messi and then mm. Mbappe also just... What? How crazy is that, man? Like, yeah. wow, it's just fucking. If you miss the final, right? Sorry, like you missed one of the greatest games ever. Like. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was insane. It was the the emotion? Even as a neutral, the, the, as a neutral, the emotional roller coaster was pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. It was fucking insane. Yeah, it was insane. But cool. But yeah. Um. <coughs> cool. Since we're back at regular programming, we do need to talk about what is our one shot comment. Since oh, the last yes. time, uh, yes. uh, w- w- would you like to go first? Yeah, I mean, uh, just wanted to shout out to uh, Jungle Jimbo 88, who actually, uh-huh. uh, you know, said that he really enjoyed. Uh, I mean, okay, maybe not just Jungle Jimbo, like, there are a couple of comments. Jungle Jimbo 88, uh, Mobster Moffst- Boy, also, who basically all said that they really enjoyed the episode that uh, recorded with Andy Chen. Uh, you know, saying that it was particularly enjoyable discussions across a range of topics, and there was a conversational chemistry that was very strong, and and these perspectives and stories were well discussed and eloquently put across. Uh, yeah. So, 
it's a uh, I'm glad to to hear that yeah people enjoyed the, the episodes with Andy as well and hopefully we'll get him on board again as a guest yeah mm-hmm. um I would say that uh I guess it was just the 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 well wishes on Yalabad mm. uh for for in response to a story that you shared on our Yalabad Instagram mm, uh, mm. of which uh, but then Ho long time poster took a photo put it on Reddit and mm. it was you at uh, uh, at the wedding yeah. and yeah like, just the that thread was just like oh like congrats congrats it's just fucking great uh, like uh, I, I think because we've been on social media for so long I can't imagine like our YouTube subscribers being that that loving yeah. or Facebook followers yeah uh, yeah and the Yalabad listeners really like, wow, it really feels like like an extended, extended family. Yeah. yeah. Loving and respectful. And that's, dope, uh. that's the best part. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, it was dope. It was dope. Yeah. And yeah, so that was my one shock, one shock comment of the week or one shock thread of the past few days. Cool, cool. And uh, as always, what is your one shock thing as well? It's been a couple of weeks for you, so... Uh, yeah. what is your one shock thing? Uh, my one shock thing is this this one dance that uh, it's it's a clip on Instagram that that my wife shared with me. Mm. Uh, let me pull it up. It was just this dancer dancing to the song Mona Lisa. Have you mm. heard of Mona Lisa? Yeah, it's um. As in the song Mona Lisa, I think it's Chris Brown and mm. and someone else. Yeah, it's an awesome song, but this was taken from a Red Bull dance festival. Let, let me let me pull it up. Uh. And okay. there's just something about the dance because you know, like break dancing, a lot of it is like wow, the the spectacle of the moves they do and all. Mm. But this dancer, I think, you know, let me let me pull it up. The way she dances, the caption is: the more you watch it, the more magical it gets. And and yeah, like, it, it does seem like that. So the dance is uh, Sarah. She goes by SSS Trelez. Mm, um, I mm. think she's half Spanish, half Colombian. And it's just a, like one minute Instagram reel. And mm. just watching it, yeah, it's... Yeah, there's just a lot of emotion in the dance. Like, it's hard to describe mm. without watching it. So I'll just I'll just put a link uh, under the one show things and you watch it. And wow, every time I watch it, I'm like, God damn, that, that's mm. just so full of emotion and... And passion. Interesting. And she looks like she's having a great time. Oh, hot, is it? Actually, not conventionally hot. She's not wearing like tight clothing, not showing all her skin. She's wearing a baggy shirt, baggy pants. But the way she dances, it's just very captivating. Unlike your your usual Instagram diet of dance videos. Which is just thirst traps. I wouldn't say this is a thirst trap. This is not a thirst trap. It's not a thirst trap. It's an emo... It's a, how you say, a passion trap. Passion trap. Got it. Interesting. It's fucking great. It's great. Yeah, what about you, man? Uh, one shook thing is, uh, it's a video from, I think it was just released by the YouTube channel of Paramount Pictures recently. Uh, it's basically, a, I think it's a video of, uh, a BTS video of Tom Cruise on the set of uh, the new mm. Mission Impossible movie. Um, and he's just basically thanking everyone for you know, making Top Gun Maverick one of the biggest films of the year. Uh, and he's doing it on a plane. Uh, and with him is the director of the Mission Impossible movie as well. And he delivers his message to the fans and then he jumps off the plane. 
<laughs> in typical mm. in typical Tom Cruise fashion. Uh. So he yeah, skydives yeah. off the plane after finishing that message that message to to his to his fans in 2022. So yeah. you know it makes me super excited to see to watch a, what the new Mission Impossible movie when it comes out. Uh but yeah, do check it out, man. Old man yeah, jumping I, off planes. I, I, I stopped that clip also and like who else would do a thank you message like this? Uh? <laughs> yeah, who the fuck else would do a message like this? Yeah, who else? That's why, that's why I was like, okay, uh, we gotta, we just gotta enjoy this guy while he's still doing all these crazy stunts, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's like Messi, like. He's like yeah, Messi. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. Crazy. Cool. Wow. <sighs> cool, man. That was the Christmas episode. Right. And I think the next episodes, we're gonna do something a bit more, maybe looking back at the year 2022, like, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, it'll be the, the most trending topic. So it'll be a yeah. nice recap to the year, lah. Yeah, and they will be yeah they'll be we'll be recording them, uh, next week, lah. So they're not they're not like pre-recorded episodes or what. So do do watch out for them, alright? Yeah, man. Cool. And, cool. And until then, Merry Christmas, everybody. Oh, yes. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Happy holidays. Cool. And we guys will talk to y'all soon. <laughs>